You are listening to Feeding the Mouth That Bites You with Ashley Parrish and Jessica Pfeiffer. A weekly podcast guide on parenting teens and launching them into the world. As always, we are joined by psychologist and author, Dr. Ken Wilgus. Hey everyone, and welcome back. On today's episode, we'll be discussing self-harm and suicide. Today is going to be a heavier topic, so if you have little ones around, you might want to pause this episode and listen to it later when you're alone, maybe on a walk or folding laundry in your room alone. I just wanted to put that warning out there. Jessica, you and I have looked up some statistics about this, and what we found is that one in four girls and one in 10 boys are self-harming. And this statistic comes from a study from the American Journal of Public Health. It's pretty staggering, the idea that there are that many kids involved in self-harm. Now, I did want to put a definition out there as to self-harm. So we're going to define self-harming as something that you purposely do to hurt yourself without the intent of dying, such as cutting yourself or burning yourself or pulling your hair out or picking at wounds severely. Yes. Now, Dr. Ken, I want to know, why do teens do this? What is motivating this behavior? Well, this is where it's helpful to be involved in a profession where I do this all the time. So Mm -hmm. for 30 years, I've been talking to parents about this. There's really few topics that bring up more fear in parents than their kids harming themselves or suicide. Mm -hmm. So, Uh, What also makes it harder is that we don't have as much information as you might think uh, to really answer a question like what causes kids to do this. Self-harm, for example, comes from probably a number of sources. And what I find useful is to think about some self-harm really is easily seen. This is your kid who uh, reaches for the uh, butter and he's got you know, these cut marks up his arm and, uh, or her mm-hmm. uh, versus a kid that is really hiding it. So those are two different types of uh, cutting. There is a kind of cutting that is almost a uh, chain reaction. I've heard of someone else doing it. I've seen it uh, and and or um, easily spotted by somebody else. So it's a kind of uh, attention seeking. Mm-hmm. And then there's another kind that's really done, for example, on the hip uh, in a place where no one can see it uh, and it tends to be uh, much harder to discover. And that's a much deeper and di- different uh, cause as far as we can tell. Mm-hmm. So you're saying some is attention seeking and some is purposefully hidden. Yes, I would say that that's a, a bit of a hard to completely determine which is which. But yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's there's a definitely a kind of expressive quality to a lot. Most of the self-harm that I see is mm-hmm. kind of a way of saying something um, uh, to a parent. There's a way of saying I feel terrible uh, in a way that uh, ensures that you'll be taken seriously, or at least that's the, the attempt. And mm-hmm. I don't want to minimize it. It's certainly not like uh, a teenager is feeling fine, and I just decided – to start cutting because uh, I want to get attention. It's not that simple, mm-hmm. but it is a, a kind of a way of exp- a really poor way of expressing uh, some severe uh, internal pain. Uh, but it's the kind that you tend to parents tend to see it. Uh, they they know about it, and even worse, it can get become a kind of control battle where a parent is 
trying to make sure this kid doesn't ever do that. And, you know, that's really a losing uh, struggle. Mm-hmm. You know, when we talk about attention seeking, a few years ago at one of our schools at our last district, it became a popular thing for this one group of students. It was a pod, so it was three different classes to take the the razor blade out of a pencil sharpener and and cut themselves with it at school. And yeah. so it it was passed around real quickly, you know, word spread, and it eventually got home to all the parents. And um, that was absolutely one way that it was attention seeking. So what would you tell those parents, Dr. Ken, of the kiddos that got wrapped up in this? Yeah, that's a really good example. Uh, if you're a researcher trying to understand self-harm, what do you do with all those kids? Like, does that count? Is it obviously it does count, and yet is that uh, obviously somewhat different from other types of self-harm? So that's a good example. In that case, it's obviously influenced by uh, other examples, and that's very common. The most common self-harm that I see in my practice is uh, virtually always a teenager who has seen this from someone else, a friend, and they are kind of, if you will, weirdly trying it out. Uh, It is rare Mm -hmm. that it will continue for long periods. Um, But uh, I think in a case like that, you really want to talk to your teenager. I think the trick is to not freak out about it and certainly not get into a weird control battle because remember, teenagers actually like the idea that there's a thing I can do and my parents can't do anything about it. Mm -hmm. So there's no reason to, you know, if you come at this like an angry parent who's reminding this child that you've broken our house rule of not cutting yourself. And (laughs) if I find out again that you've done, you just look silly. That's really not the thing. So if you come at it with a real uh, calm and genuine understanding of, uh, I'm really concerned. Do you know why you would do such a thing. Then the only thing uh, is that you have to be prepared for almost always the answer is, I don't know. I mean, Mm. a teenager really doesn't know. And so it's the kind of thing that's more like uh, I would talk with them about it and then I would wait a few days and I would talk with them again. And then I would wait a day or two and I would talk again so Mm -hmm. that you can almost become kind of annoying to the teenager that has stopped Mom, I already told you I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah, okay, good. I'm glad to hear that. Do you have any more thoughts about what was going on with? No, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> you know, the, you're mm-hmm. probably winning there uh, because, again, uh, the important thing is to take some of the unnecessary energy out of the topic by demonstrating that as a parent, I can talk about this with you without flipping out, and I am genuinely interested in what's going on in your internal world that would lead to something like this. And in most mm-hmm. all cases, that will be enough for it to be a kind of a phase that they went through and then uh, kind of stopped. Mm-hmm. I think for this instance, it was definitely peer pressure. You know, if if you want to be cool, this is what you need to do to be cool because right. everybody's doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's talk about the instances where it's hidden. Let's talk about the kids that are doing it and they're hiding it. Yeah, I think that's a good differential that when you find evidence that this teenager has been doing this for a while, especially those that are doing it in their upper thigh, on their hip, uh, the sort of bathing suit places um, so that they are deliberately keeping this hidden, 
then I think almost always that's a sign that you really want to seek some counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't mind if you overshoot and seek counseling, even when you find out later that it was short term and kind of attention seeking. Uh, it's not like you've done the bad thing by dragging them to a counselor. Why do I have to go to a therapist? Because you cut your arms, remember? So mm-hmm. that's not bad. But if you find evidence that this has been going on for a while in secret, then I think virtually always you should seek good therapy, good counseling about what is going on with that, because that's a very primitive expression, we think, of kind of rage. Uh, it There is a higher percentage of those kids that have some abuse in their past, uh, but uh, again, min- some many of them haven't. So the difficulty there is to kind of differentiate what's going on here. So that would be more than just a series of talks. That would really need to find a safe place uh, that this teenager can really dig into what is going on here. Because as I always tell teenagers, there's certain things that you can do that the answer, I don't know, is not going to be okay for your parents. So you have to find out what's what's the answer to the I don't know as to why are you doing this? Because your parents are not going to be okay with you continuing to, or the risk of you continuing to do this and you answering, I don't know why. So you need to get at the source of why. Mm-hmm. So what should parents be on the lookout for? Because I don't want to instill fear into parents that are listening to this, which would then result in like full body searches. <laughs> because <laughs> no, that, I think that's, right. that's what I would want to do. <laughs> no, that's a great point. And that is a very good example. Uh, as we mentioned on this podcast a lot, fearful parenting can really masquerade as compassionate Uh, even more knowledgeable. And that's a good example of it. I read an article yesterday about Mm -hmm. self-cutting. So all my kids line up. We're going to do a full body (laughs) search. Um, You are inviting a control battle uh, that is not going to do anything. You cannot, uh, as a parent, uh, make sure that your child never cuts themselves. I've had parents that literally, I found a cut on her arm. So we put all the knives away. Think that through for a moment. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you think that a child under normal circumstances that goes off to school, goes to other friends, that somehow you can ensure that they don't do that? That's not a useful method. So um, I think that uh, it's a good example where uh, the thing to be done is to really not, I'm not kidding, be careful not to get involved in a control battle. And that, I think, Ashley, your example is a good example of it. Uh, It has nothing to do with, there's nothing more humiliating, really than a parent that will go into some kind of uh, crisis mode when as a teenager, I haven't done any of this and my parent doesn't care, doesn't care what good judgment I've shown. I read an article or I heard about a kid, so I'm gonna flip out and start getting into it. Uh, So I would stick with your first and primary really intervention is genuine communication, really trying to talk about it. Uh, This is not a time for lecture. And if you're talking together, doesn't really seem to be going anywhere and you're still concerned, that's what therapy is for. You know, my kids have had a few friends that they have been concerned about and come to me about uh, that we're self-harming. What do we tell our kids and at what point do they need to seek help from adults uh, with, with the situation? Well, that comes up a lot and that's actually kind of an uh, an extra extra part about cutting yourself. It's one thing to be self-harming, but it's another thing to be self-harming and telling your friends that you're doing it. And the biggest trick is the teenager that tells the, a friend, hey, I am doing this dangerous thing uh, or considering this dangerous thing, and I want you to tell no one. 
And so that's really both self-harm. It's similar with suicidal thoughts. Mm -hmm. Uh, I always tell teenagers that if you care about this person and you hear that they're doing something dangerous to themselves, and in this case, self-harm counts as that, uh, or at risk, then the only way to demonstrate that you care is that you would absolutely tell a parent or another you know, reasonable adult about it. Mm -hmm. And the friend that's saying, I told you not to tell anyone, the answer to that is, yeah, but you forgot to realize that I care about you. And you telling me that you're going to harm you is not okay. And even though I told you I wouldn't tell anyone, uh, I realized that you're important to me. So I broke my promise. Uh, And and that's, that's a critical thing for teenagers to know. I talk with a lot of teenagers that have cut themselves or threatened suicide even, and they'll tell me how mad they are that my friend – I'm going to find out who told. I've told several people, and I can't believe someone would tell. And my answer is always, really? So you told a bunch of people that don't care about you? No, they're my friend. Well, then what do you think? I hope all of them told your Mm -hmm. mom. I hope all of them told your principal. I can't believe that you thought – that they don't care. So that's that's a common bind that mm-hmm. uh, teenagers find themselves in. And the uh, way to unbind that is to remind them that anyone who cares about someone will not accept a risk to their safety or their life even uh, as a, a reasonable risk. I am going to tell someone. You know, self-harm would scare any parent. And you mentioned before a parent that is overreacting, it's okay to go ahead and go straight to professional help. But let's talk about a parent that's trying to take it slow and easy and not overreact in the first instance. We found out that our teenager is self-harming. We've had conversations and our our teenager is still self-harming. When is a good time to seek professional help without jumping the gun in the beginning? Yeah, I think that's a good, I think the what you implied is right. If you first have a week to two weeks of short conversations where you're asking again, not just once, but you come back a few days later and asking. Uh, Usually in that circumstance, if your teenager is telling you, listen, I already told you, mom, I'm done. I'm sorry. I didn't. It was just a thing. I'm not doing it. And a month goes by and you have no evidence and you're not doing searches, but, you know, it'll show itself. If you don't see any evidence, then you're probably good. But I think if you Talk about it. You're reassured that it's not continuing. Uh, For example, if your teenager doesn't reassure you that they're not going to continue, then that's enough to go to a counselor with. Um, But if they tell you, I'm not going to do it anymore, and and then you find out, you know, six weeks later, whoops, that that's not the same cut you had before. What was that? Uh, Well, that's the cat. I told you it was the cat. Yeah, no, it's exactly the same as the other one. So I'm afraid we're going to have to go to a counselor. So I think if if you've been reassured. Uh, and it stops, fine. If you've been reassured and then weeks later you find that it's continued, that's probably enough that you really need to have a professional assessment of what's going on. Okay, so like any paranoid parent, I think that an instance of self-harm is going to lead straight to suicide. Is that true? Um, And do kids who start out harming themselves and then um, escalate, does it end up that they're taking their own lives or is it related at all? Yeah, it's a great question. The answer is no, and I mean that. No, a teenager that is self-harming is not at significantly increased risk of suicide. Now, it does not mean that they have nothing to do with each other, but it is important for you to know that that means there are a very, very large number of teenagers 
that self-harm, even continually self-harm, but never commit suicide. Mm -hmm. And there are a large number of teenagers that, well, actually there's a small number of teenagers that commit suicide anyway. But of those that do, there is not a significantly high number of those with a history of self-harm. And that's important for parents to know that mm -hmm. you need to take it seriously. Obviously, self-harm is serious. Suicide is obviously hugely serious. But the connection is not what parents usually think. It is not an early sign of eventual suicide. That's very reassuring. It is. Yeah. Because in my mind, it's a slippery slope, you mm -hmm. know? And, and you know what's weird is that any time a psychologist is asked on any kind of media, as you can imagine, think of the spot that we're in. Because you don't want to be that person that said the thing that somehow later a parent is going to come back and say, well, you said that my teenager was not at risk and now look what's happened. So mm -hmm. you'll find us always covering the bases, totally saying uh, suicide is a topic that is so covered with fear and really fear of having given bad advice mm -hmm. that uh, it's it's really at high risk of people putting in a, in a weird way, too much fear on the topic. And that's really been my experience. I mean, after 30 years of working with teenagers, I have certainly worked with a number of teenagers who were expressing suicidal thoughts and actions. But as for the amount of that real uh, issue versus the amount of parenting that is so jaded and, and influenced by this overdone fear of suicide, that's what I deal with most. Parents mm -hmm. who I can't ground him. We told him we'd ground him if his grades are bad, but, you know, he's been kind of down, so we don't want him to kill himself. Mm -hmm. Come on. No evidence other than that? Just down? Yeah, but I read an article. Okay. Mm -hmm. And again, that sounds, it's risky for me to say that, you know what I mean? Because that sounds like I'm at risk of some parent coming back later and saying, you said, but I think we have to be realistic about what fear-based parenting does to our teenagers. Mm -hmm. And when you have uh, a suicide uh, risk, uh, there are some factors that you can really pay attention to. But one of them isn't, oh, no, uh, one-time cutting, definitely heading for suicide. That is not true. Okay, good. Thank you for joining us today as we discussed self-harm and suicide with Dr. Ken. Ashley and I had so many questions that we decided to carry this conversation forward to next week and really delve into the topic of suicide a little deeper. Please join us then. Thanks for joining us today. Hit the subscribe button so you won't miss an episode. Also, leave us a review. This is how other listeners find our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Feeding the Mouth. We appreciate you and would love to hear from you. If you have any questions, thoughts, or ideas about what we've discussed today, please email us at podcast at feedingthemouth.com.